Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. And thank you for subscribing to the latest edition of the 12 Kyle podcast. I'm 12 Kyle. Check this out. (laughs) On this podcast, we're taking it back. We're going back to April 30th, 1991. On that day, the group Boys to Men released their debut album, Cooley High Harmony. And we're going to talk about it. Cooley High Harmony, 30 years later. Man, it is bugged out just to even say those words. And the reason being is that when this album came out, I was literally just a few months short of graduating high school. (laughs) Talk about feeling old. Um, But it's not about me being old. This podcast is strictly about this album. Again, it was released April 30th, 1991. Uh, It's hard to believe that this album is actually turning 30 this year Um, just for those very reasons. And it doesn't feel like it's been 30 years, but um, this album and then the subsequent success of Boys to Men has been incredible. And it's been a whirlwind ride for them. Um, And this was the album that started it all. Uh, Boys to Men, if you're not familiar, uh, like I said, made their debut in 1991. What was interesting about this particular group was they were so different. I mean, I know I say this a lot, but there literally was nobody else in music that was very or even close to, you know, Boys to Men, their style, their look, their sound. Um, They were really, really trendsetters and pioneers, if you will. Um, First and foremost, Boys to Men are four classically trained vocalists. Uh, Nathan Morris, Sean Stockman, Wanye Morris, and Michael McCrary. they formed a group, I want to say back in 1989. Uh, they were fans of, <laughs> in my opinion, one of the greatest R&B groups of all time, a New Edition. And they were able to meet uh, New Edition member uh, Michael Bivens uh, backstage after a New Edition concert. And they managed to you know, get his attention and they sang for him. And upon hearing them singing, Michael Bivens, who was, you know, at that particular time in his career, started dabbling into uh, management. Um, He actually signs 
boist him into a deal. And um, the rest, as they say, is history. But uh, boys and men, they weren't just four guys who just showed up. They were uh, actually, uh, they went to high school together at uh, this high school called Kappa, and that's short for uh, Creative and Performing Arts in Philadelphia, uh, Pennsylvania. And um, they formed their group in 1988, actually. Uh, so upon meeting Michael Bivens, uh, you know, they go into the studio and they start working on this album. Um, like I said, four guys from Philadelphia. And what was interesting was, was that their sound was so unique in that it was four part harmony and they gave you the feel of, um, of a new edition, but they were just more polished, if you will. Uh, their harmonies were crazy. Uh, as much as I love New Edition, New Edition on <laughs> as a collective, on their best day, could never sound sonically like Boys to Men. Um, doesn't mean that New Edition isn't better, but sonically they could never sound like because you don't have the same number of members that can actually sing and carry a tune. Um, but they 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 patterned themselves after New Edition. Uh, but their style was, you know, it was R&B, um, old school R&B. It was a lot of doo-wop um, and a little mixed with a little hip hop as well. So, you know, their sound was very, very unique. And at that particular time in music in 1991, things were starting to change. Um, rap, if you will, was changing to the point where it was going in a direction where it was going to be a little bit more edgier, if you will. Um, the native tongue era was in full effect, but, you know, there was bubblings and rumblings of um, what would soon to be known as gangster rap, which would be coming in the subsequent years. Uh, and then in music overall, R&B music, it was changing as well. Uh, you didn't really see a lot of groups. Groups were more of a thing of the 70s and the 80s. And you really didn't see a lot of groups coming into the 90s. And male groups in particular, uh, they were different. And boys to men definitely stood out uh, when you looked at them. They were clean cut. They, they were uh, trendsetters as far as fashion because... You know, you would you could see boys men in a performance and they would have on these long sleeve shirts, ties, shorts uh, and dress shoes. And that was a style. You know, that was the what was it? The Alex Vanderpool era. Uh, that's I think that's what they called it, if I can remember. Um, and I will say. I'm going to let you in on a little secret. There is a picture of a young 12 Kyle who was in high school in 1991, a senior in high school, in a dress shirt, a tie, shorts, and dress shoes. The picture does exist, but if this picture is ever found anywhere on Al Gore's internet, I will hurt someone. 
because there's only one person that can post that picture. And if they do, I will strangle them. Nonetheless, you know, we 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 were we were very impressionable kids and boys to men. You know, that particular style was different. You know, they weren't trying to be thugged out or hardcore, whatever the case may be. That was just their own style. And, and, and for a young, impressionable teenager, you know, that was something that we wanted to do. And so we looked like that. Uh, you know, at least I, I'll put it like this. At least one day at school, we dressed like that. I don't want y'all to think that I was, you know, dressing like that all the time because I wasn't. <laughs> Nonetheless, um, again, they had a different look and then they had a different sound. And this was this album and Boys to Men in general were really a breath of fresh air into R&B music. And they would go on to become titans big titans in the music industry when it came to music and the songs and their run on the charts was incredible uh this album again was released april 30th 1991 um and the album is only 10 songs long i mean that doesn't really seem like a lot and the album running time is 40 minutes and 25 seconds so Relatively speaking, it wasn't a long album, but to be honest, it didn't have to be long because it did what it was supposed to do. Uh, The album was released on Motown Records, uh, the world famous Motown Records, and it was produced by Michael Bivens, uh, Vita Sparks, uh, Dallas Austin and the characters. Now, you're familiar if you're familiar with the name Dallas Austin, I knew that Michael Bivens was the executive producer, but it wasn't until I started looking at the liner notes for this album. And when I realized, and it's not something that I, that I did not know, but I had forgotten that Dallas Austin produced most of this album. Um, and it's like, because I, I always associate the album with Michael Bivens, but yeah, it was actually produced by the legendary Dallas Austin. Um, when we think about some of the accolades that this album received, where do you want to start? I mean, like this album was incredible. It sold through the roof uh, worldwide. I think in the United States, well, not just, just the United States alone. I think it sold uh, over 9 million copies worldwide. It went diamond, meaning it sold more than 10 million copies. Um, To say that this was a smash was an understatement. Uh, Boys to Men was not only on black radio, but it was on pop radio. They they, so, they had songs on MTV. They had songs on BET. Uh, they were everywhere. This this group and this album could not be stopped. And it was actually a sign of things to come because obviously not in the not distant future, they would go on to release a song by the by the name of uh, End of the Road. And that was, I mean, a total smash that smashed all kind of records and things of that nature. Um, but this album just really goes. And it, it, it was one of those albums where, again, it ca- kind of came out of nowhere, but fans immediately took to it. Um, I mentioned, you know, how they had how they left an impression on me and my friends they also left an impression on the young ladies. (laughs) I think it goes without saying, but I'll say it anyway. I mean, like, uh, 
ladies loved all four of these guys because they could sing. I guess they were attractive. I mean, I don't know how they look, but, you know, I mean, from what I can remember, girls used to be like crying and singing and stuff like that when they, you know, when they would come on stage and stuff and passing out and stuff like that. So, um, but again, they were these nice, cool, clean cut guys. They weren't even in the songs that they talked about sex or making love. It was very sensual. It wasn't as rough and as edgy as a BBD or what have you. Uh, and it would be interesting how. In probably in just a year or so, uh, they would run up against one of their contemporaries Um well, actually, within less than a year of this album coming out, one of their contemporaries was a group like Jodeci uh, that was a lot more edgier and came at you and was right in your face as opposed to Boys to Men that would kind of smooth it out for you. Uh, nonetheless, this album was incredible. Uh, like I said, it sold through the roof. Everybody and their mama had this album. <laughs> I, I don't think you could have run into anybody from 1991 and not had this album. Um so let's get into the tracks. Uh, this album starts off with um, Please Don't Go Away. It's a ballad. Uh, the album starts off with Michael McCrary, who was the bass voice that you hear in the song. Now, Michael McCrary, I don't, to my knowledge, didn't lead any songs, but he was the guy that was talking with the with the deep bass voice and you know, chicks always fell out and threw their panties on stage and all kind of crazy stuff. <laughs> but the album starts off with, hey, baby, I'm sorry. I never meant to hurt you. Like that's it starts off with him begging. <laughs> I, I don't want to say begging, but you get my point. But it was the song basically for the next four minutes was just harmony. I mean, like it was just incredible. So it was a great way to start the album most you know at that particular time in 1991 albums didn't start off like that um then you move to track two lonely heart uh again michael mccrary starts things off um it's a rainstorm and he's talking about getting dumped (laughs) i mean who couldn't relate to getting dumped in 1991 i I sure could have uh because i had been dumped before you know surprisingly uh, nonetheless, um, a, a great follow up to track one and boys to men, you know, they they're coming out firing on all cylinders. Um, then we move to this is my heart. Uh, this is a different song. Uh, again, one was that that was produced by Dallas Austin. Um, it had a good feel to it. Uh, one thing I will say, and I'll, I'll touch on this a little later. Uh, this was one of the songs that listening to it now and listening to it back then, it kind of hits a little different. And I'll tell you why in just a second. Um, but a very solid song. Then we get to track four. Uh, ah. <laughs> uh, ah was on every, every slow jams get the draws mixtape that you had um personally for me i think i enjoy the remix 
to uh-uh better than the original. Nonetheless, it's a dope, dope joint. I mean, Love Making 101, this is on your tape. Um, it's a dope song, man. Dope, dope song. Then you get to track five. Track five, it's a hard to say goodbye to yesterday. <sighs> Listen, obviously this is a cover. It's a cover of uh, G.C. Cameron's 1975 R&B hit. Uh, this gave them their hardest, excuse me, their highest chart topping uh, single to, at, to that particular time. Um, so it was a chart topper on the album. Um, trust me, I, I, and I speak as a graduate of a high school class of 1991. Um, this song got played at everybody. <laughs> this, song, this song got played at everybody's graduation. I don't care if you graduated from high school. I don't care if you graduated from college. I don't care if you graduated from preschool. It was so. It was so hard to say goodbye to yesterday. Um, dope, dope, incredible song, incredible harmony. Uh, this is probably the song of 1991 in any genre of music, honestly. Uh, it was just that dope. Then we get to track six. Track six was the lead single, Motown Philly. Um Motown Philly, uh, an upbeat song, got a new Jack swing beat to it. Uh, you got synthesizers, you got horns. It's it, it, it's a lot. And then one of the great things about it is even in this song, when you get to the bridge, they still harmonize. I mean, like Boyz II Men is telling you, OK, well, hey, this because basically in this song, they're giving you their story. It talks about how. You know, they met Michael Bivens and they sang for him and how they were growing up in Philly and, you know, wanting to get on. And this was their big chance. And they, they did it. And Motown Philly back again, doing a little East Coast swing. And so this was the joint. Right. And so, like I said, even in the midst of this song of them reminiscing about how they got on and how they made it, they hit you with the harmonies. And I mean, like that is that part of the song is legendary. And it's still sung to this day. Um, then we get to track seven, Under Pressure. Uh, <laughs> at the beginning of the track, somebody says, you know, why don't we do something for the Jeeps? They really didn't have to do something for the Jeeps. But, you know, this one's this one. This joint kind of reminds me of something that probably would have been on uh, a BBD track, Belle Biv DeVoe. But um. I actually like Under Pressure. Um, it is a good song. Um, Boys to Men actually, like I mentioned earlier, they actually speed it up a little bit. They they're going to their um, up tempo songs at this point, and it's okay because you know you start the song, you start the album off with four or five ballads, and it's it's okay at this point to kind of break up the the the, the slow singing. And kind of speed things up. So I was cool with that. Dope, dope song. Um, speaking of speed, the next track, track eight, uh, Simpin'. Simpin' ain't easy. <laughs> um, 
Simping is different. I don't know if simping, if they were reaching for a sound of like poison because it's like a couple of different things that the song starts off with this James Bond, you know, um, theme song. And then it goes into something this with these little chopped up hip hop samples of James Brown. Uh, so you got James Brown, you got James Bond. It's, it's, it's kind of weird. And, and like I said, it sounds like a, it sounds like a poison knockoff, but it's still a good song. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm rolling. Uh, then we get to track nine, Little Things. Little Things, um, this song, look, looking back on, I, th- I think this was one of those songs where I really enjoyed it back then, but listening to it now, it's like, uh, it's all right. <laughs> I mean, like in the song, they said, don't expect life to be perfect. It doesn't come with static cling. I mean, really, static cling, really. <laughs> we don't have to do this. But, uh, you know, it's a decent song. It's a decent song. And then the album concludes with track 10, um, Your Love, <clears throat> which isn't a bad song. It, it, it's actually a decent song. I just, the thing that kind of grabbed me as I was listening to it now is that, you know, they said, the chorus says, your love is too hype. I mean, I was outside in 1991, right? I don't think I ever recall telling a woman, a girl, her love was too hype. (laughs) I don't know, man. Maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm just older now and it it just doesn't ring the same. Uh, Not a bad way to close out the the album. Again, so there it is. It's 10 tracks, 40 minutes long. Um, My overall thoughts on this album, I think this is an incredible album. I I will say this much, and I I alluded to it a little earlier. I I don't know that it's necessarily, I don't know that it's aged as well as I probably thought that it did prior to listening to it. Because I had, I'm going to be honest, I haven't played this album in a while, right? So as I was leading up to the time where I knew I was going to review this album, I was like, yeah, let me give it a couple of spins. And, you know, in listening to it, I still enjoy the album as much as I did back then. However, you know, some of the things just do, they just don't sound the same. And I just don't revere them as much as I did back then. Like I said, little things, you know, it just it sounds kind of cheesy a little bit now. Uh, it's not something that I can't rock out to because I can rock out to it. But, you know, simping simping ain't easy you know it's just like i don't know if it was a play on pimping ain't easy because that was a thing back in like 88 89 pimping anything goes when it comes to hoes pimping ain't easy i mean we all know the line (laughs) but uh but um you know it's, it's not again it's not bad um because ultimately when you get past some of the corniness and maybe some of the things that might be a little cheesy um, it's still four-part harmony, and they are killing it. I mean, you can say what you want about Boys to Men. You can't say they're not talented. You can't say they can't sing. I mean, each of the four members at that particular time could more than hold their own when it came to singing. Uh, 
Um, but ultimately, I, I think this is is still a dope album. It's still a great listen. Uh, again, I'll say this. I think time, I think this album definitely was superior when it was out in the subsequent years after that. But now, 30 years later, I think it's dope. I just don't think it's as dope as it was. So, like, if I were doing the source um, mic system, let's say back then it was a four and a half. Now it's probably three and a half, maybe four. I give it a four. I give it a four now. So it's it's dropped down a little bit, um, but it's still a great album to listen to. Uh, I would implore all of you who have not heard this album, or um, if you're like me and you had not heard it in a while. Give this album a spin. Um, again, top to bottom, these guys crushed it. This album was probably one of the best albums to come out in 1991. It's As I mentioned earlier, It's So Hard to Say Goodbye to Yesterday is probably the song of 1991 in all musical genres. Uh, so if you haven't had a chance to check it out, uh, but I tell you what, it's been great listening to it and I'm going to continue to listen to it as we kick back and celebrate 30 years. Wow. Um, yeah, so that's it. That's going to do it for me. I'm going to let Simp and take us out of here. Uh, so until the next time, thank you for checking out this edition of the 12 Kyle podcast. I'm your boy, 12 Kyle. We'll catch you guys next time. 5G. Five G.